1: I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Mission. The COVID-19 pandemic has underscored what advocates have been saying for years. Housing is a public health concern. Early on, governments and public agencies had to figure out how to keep the unhoused population safe. Leaders took a number of unprecedented actions to get people off the street. Free hotel rooms sanctioned tent cities. They also passed eviction moratoriums to keep people from falling into homelessness. But despite those efforts, it's been an assumption that the pandemic has made the homelessness crisis even worse in the Bay Area. Here's Chronicle's City Hall reporter, J.D. Morris, explaining it.
0: is a problem that has really been increasing. And I think it's just something that everyone who lives in the Bay Area has really seen, particularly during the pandemic and the effect that that had on just the number of homeless people, the number of encampments and things like
1: that. Still, that's been anecdotal. We've been missing a critical data set the federally mandated point-in-time count. It's exactly what it sounds like, a tally of people experiencing homelessness captured at one time. It's supposed to happen every two years, but the last one was in 2019 because of delays caused by the pandemic. Bay Area counties were able to finally conduct the count this past February. Chronicle East Bay reporter Sarah Ravani witnessed it in Oakland, where Mayor Libby Schaff also lent a hand.
2: That morning in February, wake up in the middle of the night, and it was about 500 volunteers that fanned out across the county. Mayor Schaff was assigned the Lake Merritt area. She literally walked around the entire lake and to its surrounding neighborhoods, and individually counted people up.
1: New data about the Bay Area's homeless population was released on Monday for six counties, including Alameda and San Francisco. J.D. Morris and Sarah Ravani are here to talk about what the early findings show in Oakland and San Francisco. Were city leaders successful in their pandemic efforts to get people off the streets? Or does the data back up the anecdotal evidence? Thank you both for being here. J.D., Let's start with you. Explain why the point-in-time counts are so critical.
0: Government funding. I mean, the point-in-time count that's done helps determine how much federal, state, and local government money is directed to address the homeless crisis. So it's important for regional, state, federal leaders to all have an apples-to-apples comparison about the unhoused population in, in every city and county that was done using the same metrics.
1: J.D., you looked at what the point-in-time counts revealed about San Francisco, and the results might surprise some San Francisco residents. The homeless population has dropped by 3.5 percent. That's a decline that the city hasn't seen in years. What happened?
0: What the city would tell you certainly is, you know, that that reflects a lot of their effort to Try to get people into, you know, during the pandemic, there was the whole shelter in place hotel program where, you know, they moved homeless people into hotels temporarily, of course. But certainly Mayor Breed's administration has been embarking on a really extensive effort around permanent supportive housing. So the city has had a goal of opening 1500 new units of permanent supportive housing by June and i believe they've already met that and then there's like i think a thousand more units that they're going to add so that goal has been met and that uh, and they'll they'll well exceed that so there's been a really big focus on acquiring sites that can become permanent homes for homeless people i was just at the panoramic building in the south of Market District, which used to be student housing. And that is a facility that is going to provide um, 160 units to house formerly homeless people. And 40 of those are three-bedroom suites that are big enough for uh, families with children. So there's been a very large investment in new housing units, but I think that we're going to have to drill deeper into the data over time to to really get a better understanding of what's happening here.
1: Mm-hmm. What could be missing in this San Francisco data that we're not understanding?
0: It just doesn't include all kinds of homelessness. So it doesn't capture people who might be couch surfing, for instance, or people who are homeless for a, a shorter period of time. I mean, it literally is... A point in time, you know a, a tally on one day of people who are living on the streets, living in their cars in the shelter system it's It's not getting at everyone who may have been homeless over the course of the year mm-hmm. in San Francisco and uh you know all of the different people who have engaged with the city's um, homeless services infrastructure at any point mm-hmm. during. The year also doesn't capture people on the edges. So people who are marginally housed, who are kind of on on the verge of becoming homeless.
1: But by all senses of this count, San Francisco leaders could look at this preliminary finding and say, what we're doing is working. Is that what they're saying?
0: That is, of course, exactly (laughs) what they're saying. Um, I mean, you know, they were just at the panoramic that I was talking about to make Exactly that point. Mm-hmm. You know, th- there's definitely more to the story there, but I think you will see this, you know, to justify San Francisco City Hall sort of continuing on the on the path that it's been on and really focusing in large part on permanent supportive housing. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, Sarah, by contrast, it's a different story on the other side of the Bay in Oakland where the count shows that the homeless population has increased by 24%. Break
2: down the figures for us. What's contributed to that jump? Well, in Oakland, like so many other parts of the Bay Area, it's really, you know, suffered from a housing affordability crisis, lack of housing options, lack of affordable housing options to be specific. Oakland accounts for nearly half of Alameda County's homeless population population the latest data showed 1,718 people who are in shelters and more than 3,000 people who are unsheltered. So there's a total of more than 5,000 people overall. Uh, We won't have a full picture of Oakland's crisis until later this summer. But what some of this early data is showing us is that almost 2,000 people of the people who are homeless in Oakland are living in vehicles and RVs. Mm -hmm. And that's reflective of the county, which saw a 39% increase in the number of people living in cars and RVs. So that has really become a major driver in pushing the homelessness numbers in in the county and in Oakland. And I was at the Wood Street encampment a couple weeks ago, just speaking with residents there. Wood Street is one of the largest encampments in the city. It's hundreds of people that live there in makeshift shelters and tents and vehicles. And people just said, you know, sometimes they had no choice but to move out there because they lost their job during the pandemic. They couldn't make rent or there was a music instructor that was living there. He relied on, you know, private lessons. But once the pandemic happened, people weren't, you know, gathering with with people outside of their household units. So he lost all of his clients and became homeless.
1: We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Just as J.D. describes sort of the efforts that have been happening in San Francisco, has Oakland made similar pushes to bring people indoors in the same way that San Francisco has? Why is there this discrepancy between what San Francisco is seeing and Oakland?
2: Well, one thing is to remember is that San Francisco is a county and a city. Mm-hmm. So, you know, counties are typically tasked with providing homelessness and behavioral health services to its population. Oakland is not a county, so they rely on Alameda County for a lot of those services. But once the homelessness crisis, especially in 2019, when they had a nearly 50% increase, They started to really, like, up their their efforts with more community cabin shelters, which were kind of like tiny home shelters or tiny home villages. They did more RV safe parking sites. And during the pandemic, they've really upped their efforts in applying for state funding. So they recently transformed a college dormitory into homelessness housing. It's permanent housing for homeless seniors and temporary but supportive housing for homeless families. They've also converted hotels in the city to homeless housing using, you know, project room key and home key funds. So they've been able to do a really big push. But for a long time, they were they were relying on the county, which is in charge of all the cities, including unincorporated cities in the county. So,
0: well, I would I would just say also, though, that to the point about San Francisco being a city and county and its role in that, that's something that Mayor Breed, Acknowledged. And the mayor was quick to point out that as a city and county, San Francisco is able to really closely and easily mm-hmm. and quickly cooperate with this public health department. So, you know, to the extent that San Francisco County Public Health Department, for instance, is getting state money mm-hmm. to tackle some of this stuff, that it, the bureaucracy is a, a little less intense there mm-hmm. uh, with San Francisco being a, a city and a county. Although, there is still quite a lot of bureaucracy here, as uh, just about anybody will
1: tell you. Right. Now, that's a good point to to underline. But also, Sarah, like neighboring cities in Oakland didn't see the same jump as Oakland. Berkeley saw a dip of 5 percent. Emeryville had a big drop of 50 percent. Do we know why?
2: Well, for one thing, their homeless populations are a lot smaller than Oakland to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if Emeryville opens up a shelter, they can easily move 20 or 30 people in. You know, that that alone is going to make a huge dent in their overall numbers whereas if Oakland opened up a shelter for 20 or 30 people, that would barely make a dent in their mm-hmm. overall numbers. And Berkeley, like Oakland, has lobbied a lot for state funds. They've opened a new shelter in the past year. They've also, as part of that shelter, they opened like a new RV safe parking site in the parking lot. But it is worth noting that Berkeley's tent population did increase in this point in time count. So in 2019, they had 251 people living in tents. And in the 2022 count, they have 426 people living in tents. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: A question I have for both of you is that aside from just the count, the number of people who are currently unhoused, have we learned anything new about the demographics of the homeless populations in each of the respective cities that you looked looked at? And could that change any of the strategies that leaders might employ to
2: help address the issue? I think definitely we should note this. A lot of that more detailed demographic information is going to come out this summer at least for alameda county and oakland but in yesterday's press conference tamika moss who is the founder and executive director of all home a bay area nonprofit that works on homelessness she said that while you know these programs like project room key and home key and emergency rental assistance and eviction moratoriums like while all these things helped Unless cities and counties focus on the structural causes of homelessness, so racism, lack of deeply affordable housing, being able to provide housing solutions quickly, then the homeless crisis will persist.
0: Yeah. And, you know, in San Francisco, um, while there was an overall three and a half percent decline in, in total homelessness, one way in which we've seen The total population change through these numbers is that the number of people who are homeless but living in a shelter actually increased by 18%, which the city says, you know, is expected and corresponds with uh, an increase of about 24%. In available shelter beds, including transitional housing, emergency shelters, the shelter in place hotels, navigation centers, winter shelters, the whole kind of mix of the shelter system. Mm-hmm. But the people who are categorized as chronically homeless actually went down by um, 11%. And then homeless families is down 1% from 208 to 205
1: households. Mm. So we know how important this data is, but Sarah, it's also important to note that a lot of people think that this count is imperfect, even though it's what governments use to have the most official data. What makes it imperfect?
2: I think JD touched on this really well earlier, but it really is just a point in time count. It's one really cold night that people went out and counted the number of people that are living on the streets and in shelters. It does not capture the people that may have gone to a hotel for the night or the people who are staying at a friend's house or, you know, dozens of other scenarios that could be out there.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So definitely have
1: to take it with a grain of salt. You know, also these uneven results across Bay Area region seems to suggest that a coordinated regional strategy might be helpful, especially since we know the housing crisis has such a domino effect city to city. Are leaders thinking about that too, J.D.?
0: You're definitely hearing a lot about that these days from officials throughout the region. I think there's probably sort of a, a growing sense that you know no one city or county can go at this alone because homelessness as, as an issue is just sort of inherently regional. And I I think the numbers today reflect that.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, Sarah, JD, thank you so much for giving us the update on this much awaited count. I appreciate both of your reporting and for speaking about it with me. Thank you. Thank you. J.D. Morris covers San Francisco City Hall for The Chronicle, and Sarah Ravani covers Oakland in the East Bay. For their stories on the point-in-time homeless counts in the Bay Area, go to sfchronicle.com and the Chronicle app. Thanks to King Kaufman for the edits and to you for listening.